Welcome to the Bible Vault, where we unpack the jewels of God's Word. I'm Jason. And I'm Katrina. And in this episode, we will be continuing our series, Understanding Christian Concepts, by discussing baptism and communion. So to help our understanding, we actually split these two up in the last episode and this episode. So last episode, we talked about baptism, and we read from Luther's small catechism. And we'll be continuing that reading in this episode while we talk about communion. So, in this episode, we'll be starting with the section titled, The Nature of the Sacrament of Altar. And then reading through the end of the next section titled, The Benefit of the Sacrament of the Altar. So, each of the answers that Jason will read has plenty of scriptural references. So, if you're interested in learning more about anything or if um, you have any questions or just in general we really encourage you to read through the uh, the small catechism and we'll be including a link to that in the show notes if you don't have a hard copy with you so to start off we will be starting with the question uh, what is the sacrament of the altar It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. And where is this written? The holy evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what are some other names for the sacrament of the altar? This sacrament is also called the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, Holy Communion, the Breaking of Bread, or the Eucharist. Who instituted the sacrament of the altar? Jesus Christ, who is true God and true man, instituted the sacrament. And what does Christ give us in this sacrament? In the sacrament, Christ gives us his own true body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. How does the Bible make it clear that these words of Christ are not just picture language? Christ's words in the sacrament must be taken at face value, especially... Because these words are the words of a testament, and even an ordinary person's last will and testament may not be changed once that person has died. And God's word clearly teaches that in the sacrament, the bread and wine are a communion or participation in the body and blood of Christ. God's word also clearly teaches that those who misuse the sacrament sin not against bread and wine, but rather against Christ's body and blood. So, what are the visible elements in the sacrament? The visible elements are bread and wine. Do Christ's body and blood in the sacrament replace the bread and wine so that the bread and wine are no longer there? No, the bread and wine actually do remain in the sacrament. How then are the bread and wine in the sacrament the body and blood of Christ? The bread and wine in the sacrament are Christ's body and blood by a sacramental union. So by the power of his word, Christ gives his body and blood in, with, and under the blessed bread and wine. 
Do all communicants receive the body and blood in the sacrament, whether or not they believe? Yes, because the sacrament depends not on our faith, but on Christ's word. What does Christ command when he says, this do in remembrance of me? Christ commands in these words that his sacrament be celebrated in the church till the end of time as a living proclamation and distribution of his saving death and all its blessings. Why are we to receive the sacrament often? We're to receive the sacrament often because Christ commands or urgently invites us, saying this do in remembrance of me. His words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, promise and offer us great blessings, and we need the forgiveness of our sins and the strength for a new and holy life. So, what's the benefit of this eating and drinking? These words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, show us that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. What is the benefit offered in this sacrament? The chief blessing of the sacrament is the forgiveness of sins which Christ's body and blood have won for us on the cross, meaning the Lord's Supper is a means of grace. Also, together with forgiveness, God gives all other blessings as well, that is, life and salvation. And, in the sacrament, Christ gives victory over sin and hell and strength for the new life in him. And finally, as Christians partake of this sacrament together, they make a solemn public confession of Christ and of unity in the truth of his gospel. Yeah, so I think that ties up everything in those sections. Um, there are two other sections talking about the sacrament of the altar, otherwise known as communion, as we talked about. Um, so we highly encourage you to read through both the sections we just read and those two other sections we didn't get to today. Um, once again, that link will be in the show notes. If you have any questions, concerns, um, maybe even reservations about taking communion. I know it can be new for some people, especially coming into um, Christianity. Be sure to ask your pastor any questions you have. Shoot us a message. Um, but of course, they're going to be the more um, knowledgeable source than, than we would. Absolutely. And I do want to include uh, definitely... Go get your questions answered. The sacraments that we've covered in these last couple of episodes, communion and baptism, they're very important. I mean, in both of these, as we read through in the catechism, both of these are actually tied into forgiveness of sins. By being tied into forgiveness of sins and, in, and tied into the belief of Christ, they're also tied into salvation. And so where they are not necessarily required for salvation— they are tied into it. And so I definitely, for a deeper explanation of that, I definitely encourage you to go into the small catechism or go and consult your pastor about it. But also, I encourage you to take this kind of stuff seriously. Don't just nonchalantly take a communion or treat these kind of flippantly. Definitely, definitely, Take these things seriously and gather information if you're unsure. I encourage research, and we will provide the uh, the link to the small catechism in case you guys want to do any of that research yourself. Yeah, and I think 
like you said, the research is the most important part of this whole thing. Um, you really got to know what exactly it is that you're doing and saying by taking communion and by um, getting baptized um, in order to really feel like, I don't know, the full effect, I guess, of of either one of them, but also to make sure that you aren't doing something that you, once again, just don't understand quite yet. So, But also don't stress yourself out too much about, about things. Like, you don't have to be perfect to take communion. You shouldn't be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Just understand what it is um, that communion is. Right, and like uh, like we mentioned, it is something to be taken seriously, but also understanding that we aren't perfect creatures. We do need God's forgiveness, but it is something that does require a level of repentance. And so, I mean, like we talked about in the salvation episode, repent and believe. Repentance is a part is a part of salvation, and so there has to be that element to it. And so, I encourage you guys to look stuff up. I encourage you guys to gather information if you're unsure, and we will do our best to provide information on that, but definitely go and and search out very educated individuals specific to Christianity that would be able to give you more information. If they've studied this in particular, they are more of, of an authority than we have if they've gone to school for it, anything like that. But the small catechism is a very good source. It is something that would um, be a good resource to use with regards to its authority. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think one last thing to point out is that if you're not quite to the level of taking communion yet, um, a lot of times if you go to a church and you're just not ready to take it or for some reason um, they only would would prefer to have their members taking um, communion at their church a lot of times you can still go up to the altar and just ask for a blessing instead and that's honestly a really cool experience too I've had that quite a few times too as have I and it is really cool yeah I think that's all I've got for today. Any uh, Anything else you have? That's all I've got as well. Next episode, we will actually be uh, proving the Bible is God's word. So get excited for that one. I'm super excited. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, ideas for future podcast episodes, or you just want to talk, shoot us a message at the Bible Vault Podcast on Instagram, and we will get back to you as soon as we can. Absolutely, and thank you guys for joining the Bible Vault today. God bless, and we'll see you next time.